time spent this past weekend watching the NBA All-Star Weekend like I did. I sincerely apologize. The NBA All-Star Weekend is a serious issue that I have said multiple times and I will address it more today, as well as I believe this weekend also showcased why the NBA has a regular season problem and why the schedule has to be reduced. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, general ages, we just passed our first non-football Sunday of the NFL offseason. This is Brandon Lewis, the executive host, producer, the founder of Brandon's World. As always, we are in collaboration with the one, the only, Voltage Live. I'd like to wish a happy birthday to the founder of Voltage Live, Miss Jennifer Noga, as well as tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Championship Ranks, me and Josh Unger debate all things in the sports world in collaboration with Voltage Live. All of my social media links, as always, are in the description below. Now, on Thursday, we are going to be diving into all things WWE Elimination Chamber. As this week, I am assuming, will be kind of a slow news week. As, of course, we're not yet near the NFL Combine. This is sort of the week after the Super Bowl. This is where one of the big uh, media personalities sort of take the week off. But I am not taking the week off. We have a lot to dive into, and mainly here with NBA all-Star Weekend. Now, NBA All-Star Weekend, we know over the last few years, has not been as good as what it could be. Uh, I said that when it obviously did not take place uh, in 2020 due to COVID-19, um, I did not miss it. You know, I, I didn't miss the MLB All-Star Game. I didn't miss, you know, all of the NBA's festivities that, that went along with it. Um, I really thought that at that point, it truly showed the All-Star game was truly a money grab, was truly a cash grab. Um, and so, over the last few years, the NBA has done some things to try to tweak All-Star Weekend. Of course, they've been changing the skills competition around where, you know, it used to be just guards. And then, you know, it would be guards and centers. And now it's about teams and different challenges. Uh, to me, there is a reason why... Uh, the skills challenge keeps changing is because the NBA and its fans don't think it's entertaining. Um, then, of course, we have the dunk contest. And Max McClung had a nice dunk, I would say, over Shaquille O'Neal, obviously, to wrap it up, you know, over Jaywin Brown uh, and some of the other young kids that were in this dunk contest. And my biggest issue with the dunk contest has to do with why should I get excited about Max McClung uh, when he is a G-Weaker? He was in the same draft as 2021, which, of course, was the Cape Cunningham, Jaywin Green, Evan Mobley draft class. It's not like the kid is a rookie. He's been in the league now for three, four years, and he can't even make the Orlando Magic roster. But yet, because he is a dunker, uh, we're supposed to get excited about it. I also have a problem because I grew up in the mid-2000s. I saw Dwight Howard do an incredible dunk contest where he raised the rim. I saw Nate Robinson jump over Dwight Howard. I saw Blake Griffin jump over a car. And now I see Jay Wooden Brown, who, again, I really like. I think he's a really good player in the NBA. No disrespect to Jay Wooden Brown. But I watch him do an in-game dunk in the dunk contest, a windmill 
that as they rightfully said on the ENT broadcast in the 90s would have been the best dunk of the night, but obviously we came so far uh, 30 years in advancement that that is now an in-game dunk, and that should have been a two. I don't get this 46 to 50 scoring range they do. I like the old scoring range where you had a zero to 10. Um, again, maybe this has to do with just the fact that, you know, we've seen so many dunks you know, the NBA All-Star Game's been existence for 50 years. You know, maybe that's just has to do with the fact that we've seen, you know, so many dunks and so much that, you know, there's not a lot left to do. Um, but these guys just aren't creative anymore. There's no prospects. Uh, there's no objects. It's just jumping over, you know, random people. with Shaq bending down. And again, acting like, oh, that's a great dunk where I, I've seen it before. Um... So I have a problem with the fact that non-NBA All-Stars are participating in All-Star Weekend. You know, uh, no disrespect to a guy like, like Matt McCoy, who, again, had, had a good dunk. Uh, no disrespect to somebody like um, like like Victor Wambanyama or Pablo Bencaro. And I know that those guys are rookies, and I know that they're in the Rising Stars, and I get all that. And they're great players. But the rising stars used to be obviously rookies versus sophomores. And then it used to be that they were not allowed to participate in the Saturday and Sunday showcases that you used to have to wait a year, watch how the guys do it, and then go out there and participate because they're not really all stars, quote unquote. They're more just the young guys showing off their talents in the league. And I thought, you know, Victor Mbanyama, Anthony Edwards, Team Boncaro, specifically the team number one pick. Uh, people in the skills challenge didn't even try. Obviously, Indiana tried, you know, because it's their, their home state, it's their own building. Excuse me. And I did think the team of, you know, Maxi, uh, Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, they did okay. Uh, but it was nothing spectacular. Again, just really, in my opinion, a waste of time. Uh, Steph versus Sabrina and the three-point contest was the only true exhilarating part of the weekend. I think the three-point contest is clearly the main event of NBA All-Star Weekend now. I mean, Damian Lower needing to hit that last three uh, in order to repeat as back-to-back champions after being hot and then obviously uh, eventually missing on the last rack and then needing to drain it. I like the new innovations they've done with the three-point contest where there's an all-money ball rack. You know, there's the two starry balls from distance. So I think the NBA has done a good job with the three-point contest. You know, we have the likes of Jalen Brunson. We have the likes of Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Alburn. Um, obviously, Damian Lillard, Laurie Marketing, Carl Anthony Towns, and those guys. Uh, Trey Young as well. So I thought the three-point contest. And then obviously, Steph versus Sabrina was, was entertaining as heck. Uh, Sabrina can shoot the L out of the three, and obviously we know what Steph Curry can do when going last in a three-point contest. So outside of the three-point contest, uh, that's the only thing I would not fix about NBA All-Star Weekend. To be honest with you, I don't think we need it. Uh, I think if we got rid of the Saturday Night Challenge and we just went with the game, I sort of feel the same way about the home run derby in baseball. It used to mean something. It really doesn't mean that much to me anymore. I mean, it gets boring to me for about five, ten minutes just watching guys hit, you know, 40 mile per hour 
overhand fastballs right over the plate and, and out of the ballpark. You know, this is supposed to be a weekend. And back again in the mid-2000s when I grew up, you had guys like Kobe Bryant, guys like Chris Paul, guys like Dirk Nowitzki, guys like Tim Duncan, guys like Paul Pierce, guys like John C. Billups. Um, you know, that would take the all-star game seriously. You know, we've always said the MLB all-star game was the best because it used to mean something when the uh, American League and National League would score off and the winner would would uh, get the opportunity to host the World Series. Now, I get why people think that's not fair. I totally understand that argument. But to me, you know, put money on the line like they did with the in-season tournament. I said the in-season tournament was a complete uh, cash grab. But clearly the Los Angeles Lakers, who had not been very good uh, at all points of this year until the in-season tournament. And so clearly guys care about money. I think if you put any sort of money or any kind of charity out in front of them, they will play harder. It's why I did think when the NBA made that switch to the, you know, Kobe Bryant target score in memory of Kobe and G.G. Bryant after that horrific plane crash uh, January 26, 2020, a day that we will never forget, uh, when they went to the, sort of the all-star format and you had to play for charity and then the target score uh, for Kobe at 24 points added on to the end of the, the highest team score in the third quarter. Like, I thought that at least in the fourth quarter, when it was obviously commercial-free as well, they played defense. Uh, this NBA All-Star game, they did not play a lick of defense. Not one time. The East not only broke the record uh, for scoring an All-Star game with 211 points, they broke the first-half record with 104 points. It was a complete joke. Damian Lowers checking up half-court shots, and yes, he made it. But that's not what I want to see in the All-Star game. I want to see the best players. And this is why I did like, you know, the team format of Team LeBron versus Team Giannis or LeBron versus Steph, whichever it was, uh, where, you know, we got to see what players thought about each all-star and, you know, strategically building their teams. And, you know, again, we got to see just a little bit more competitiveness out of the game, and I do think the West, even though the East did win last night and they were red hot from free, but again, they were all uncontested. I think the West has more stars overall, uh, which is why, you know, East versus West, again, it can work, but you got to put something on the line, right? You got to get charity involved. You got to get money involved to, to every single winning player. You know, I had said, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe the MVP of the game gets gets an incentive as well. Uh, I don't know, but it's got to be fixed. There was literally zero defense played last night. Nikola Jokic is walking down the court. The NBA's best player not even trying. There's a rebound right in front of him, and he just kind of lets it go by. It was an embarrassment. Uh, they play art in the summer league. I would argue kids that are learning to walk at two, three, four years old playing basketball in preschool at recess, played harder than what we saw in the NBA All-Star game on Sunday night. Indiana, this is not an indictment on you. You're a great sports town, uh, but you had, in my opinion, the worst NBA All-Star game in history. Um, if this continues and it goes into next year, I'm not going to watch the game. I turned the game off. 
Back in the day, I was excited for this game. Now I just can't wait to get it over with. It feels like a cash grab from the NBA. And what annoys me the most is there are some players, you know, currently there are stars like Jason Tatum that says, we got to get back to the way it was in the mid-2000s. And there's people like Adam Silver that promised this game was going to be different. And they laid that egg. And then there's players like Anthony Edwards that says it's just an all-star game. I'm not going to try. I'm going to shoot with my left hand. Uh, that sends a bad message to kids out there that you are supposed to be role models to. And so I think it's a huge problem. They're talking about it all over the sports media verse today. Now, if we're not going to get rid of it because the NBA is not going to do that. It's too much of a, of a money grab. Maybe they do take one year off and they reinvent the wheel, or sort of like WWE did with WWE 2K20 when it was so bad, the video game, obviously. They redid it. We did not have a WWE 2K21. We did have a WWE 2K22 with significant improvements. Maybe the NBA has to do that with its all-star game. But if we're not going to completely abolish it, I say Friday night, you can keep sort of the Rising Stars Challenge the way it sounds very popular. I've never really been into the Rising Stars Challenge myself. I think Saturday night, the skills competition, I would like to see it go back to the way it was back in the day. Where you at? I believe it was like a guard, or excuse me, it, it was an NBA player, a celebrity, and then a WNBA player. And, you know, there'd be different spots on the floor. There'd be, you know, a way up, a 10-footer, a three-pointer, and an half-court shot. And I think there was one more shot, maybe maybe a corner three and a top of the key three uh, that you would have to make. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, if you don't want to do it, go back to the time relay with the guards versus the centers in the skills competition. This team thing is just not working out with just different points per round and the passing and the shooting, it's just boring watching it all at once, to be honest with you. Obviously, I think the three-point contest can stay where it was. And for the dunk contest, I think there needs to be a rule. And I think there should be a rule across all NBA All-Star Weekend. If you are not an All-Star, you should not be participating in All-Star Weekend activities. G-Week players should not be in it. You know, let's say uh, Charlotte, for example, were to host the All-Star game. And Miles Bridges has been, you know, a very good player this year, but he's not an All-Star. You know, don't let him participate in Team Charlotte or something, for example. Uh, we need actual All-Stars participating in the game. And then for the NBA All-Star game, again, if, if we're not going to abolish it completely, I think you have to have charity involved i think you have to have money involved for the winning team uh and i would like to see them go back to the team format as opposed to east versus west i think that old tribalism so to speak of the east being better or the west being better uh is sort of silly now that we're especially as we're in this social media day and age it reminds me a lot of you know it's smackdown versus raw and wwe with the brands and it's like no we just want to support the brand as a whole we're not rooting for, you know, Raw to be good and SmackDown to be bad, for example. Or like in the NFL, you know, we're not, even though I'm a fan of an NFC team, I'm not losing sleep if the AFC wins, for example. So I would love to go back to rooting for my favorite players, essentially, and just doing the top vote getter from, you know, the East. He's a captain. 
top vote getter from the West. Hell, even if you wanted to, you just do the top two vote getters. Forget conferences. Let them build their team. And I also think we got to stop with fan votes because fan votes are biased. I think we need votes from players, coaches, and media and just let the fans sit back and enjoy the game. Because fans are going to revolt if their favorite player is not in the All-Star game. And I think fans sway sway the vote because fans think that a player is either better or worse than what he actually is. Obviously, I have my opinions on that. A lot of people think Jason Tatum is better than I think. A lot of people think Russell Westbrook is better than I think. I think Kawhi Leonard is a sharp stone killer. A lot of people don't like him because of his personalities, his injuries. I get it. Some people think Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are more superstar level, where I think they're more star level, for example. Uh, so there's that to it, uh, and that's how I would do the NBA All-Star Weekend. Now, as opposed to the regular season, the NBA, in my opinion, when this showed the lack of complete defense in the All-Star game, which again was a joke, uh, is sentimental to the NBA having a regular season problem. We know Boston just blasted. I think it was Charlotte. might have been Brooklyn uh, by 50 the other night. The Celtics are clearly the best team in the East. The problem is when you play 82 games and scoring is up and we have guys like Joel Embiid putting up 70 and Luka Dantage and Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and all these guys recently just Putting in buckets because, quite frankly, there is no defense to be played anymore in the regular season. It renders the NBA regular season pointless outside of a standings perspective. It means the games are very micro in the macro sense of things. Because last year in the NBA playoffs, and again, I have harped on the NBA regular season for years uh, I did think going from 82 to 72 during the 2020-2021 season that obviously did a COVID. I thought it was a good start. I thought they could reduce it down to what it was during the, the uh, CBA lockout year, which I believe was 66 games. And obviously they started in December and then ended in June. The 2020-2021 NBA season started in December, but it ended in July with the postseason starting in May. And I have not yet wrapped my head around why the NBA decided to go back to the October to June uh, post-COVID, if you will, world where we're getting back to normal. Because I thought the NBA had a perfect opportunity to essentially bury baseball and get their product back seen. Because the NFL is dominating the NBA, and the NBA doesn't want to admit it, uh, and the NBA has some issues. When it comes to the draft, one of the reasons why I don't talk on a college basketball is because if you look at mod drafts for college basketball, consensus is there may be one player in the top 10 that's from an NCAA school. Most of the kids now that are going into the NBA draft are either G League kids or they are international. Now, the benefit to that is those kids are coming in ready to play. We've seen what Victor Wambanyama has done, obviously. We see Victor, Nikola Jokic, Luka Dantic, Giannis, you know, maybe, you know, are going to be the four faces in the NBA potentially moving forward, along with Joel Embiid, who even though he went to Kansas, you know, you he wasn't born in the United States. You could technically say 
that he is a international player. Uh, those are going to be the faces of the NBA going forward. And when the NBA does not embrace college basketball, when it's mostly, you know, mid-round picks who the NBA draft, you know, historically, once you get past the lottery, you can find a Desmond Bain, you can find a Draymond Green, you can find undrafted players like, you know, a Max Struess, a Gabe Vincent, uh, a Kayla Martin from Miami last year. But it's not common. And so... For that reason, uh, I think that the NBA and Adam Silver has addressed this last night on TNT. I think the NBA needs to work with college basketball. Maybe you stop the one-and-done rule. Uh, maybe you stop letting kids go straight from high school to the G League and you actually make them go through a year of college. And then, by the way, that G League can actually do what it's supposed to be which is developmental instead of basically being college for some of these guys. I get it from the player's perspective. Why, why, you know, go to college when you can get professional experience. I totally understand it from the player's perspective. I'm talking about from a lead management perspective. I think it was the wrong decision. But when you look at the NBA calendar as it's currently constructed, October through about now, they are dominated by football. They don't even get Christmas Day as their game anymore. Maybe this year it's because of the Giants were playing my Eagles on Christmas Day, but the Celtics and Lakers, which is obviously the NBA's most historic rivalry, was played on Christmas and nobody gave a damn about it in my household because the Philadelphia Eagles were on it. You take a look at the ratings, nobody gave a damn about it across the United States either. So if I'm the NBA... What I would do is I would actually start my season December 1st. You avoid October, you avoid November. I would also schedule games from, you know, uh, December through like middle of January. You do games on Tuesdays, you do games on Wednesdays, you can do them on Thursdays once the end of the season's over. You do them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday and some Saturday afternoon games before the primetime NFL games kick off, obviously, later in the afternoon. Uh, I think doing games on Sundays during the NFL season is pointless. Uh, you know, I know for me, even if the Cavaliers are playing at, what's say, 6 o'clock on a Sunday during the NFL season, even if the Browns aren't playing at that time or the Eagles aren't playing or whatever, I don't give a rip because I'm watching the NFL because the NFL is the week of hope. It's the week where market size doesn't matter. Uh, it is the week where you feel legitimately that all teams have a shot to win the championship. So that's my one solution for the NBA. And then obviously as the NFL playoffs sort of slide away and there's that window on Saturday afternoons, Sunday nights, Saturday nights, which they've been doing with ABC I would utilize that. I'm very interested to see what the NBA does with their TV media rights deal. Because with TNT slash Warner Brothers not getting uh, WWE programming and seemingly they're, they're going to uh, re-up with AEW, I would assume. Though who knows if it's for Dynamite Collision and Rampage, whether it's just Dynamite, whatever you may have you. I know I'm getting into some of this where maybe a lot of you guys are wrestling fans. But essentially, you know, I think ESPN ABC is obviously going to have a package. TNT slash Warner, I think, will have a package. I think NBC is going to get back into the media rights. 
I think a streaming server will come along, whether it's, again, Apple TV, Amazon, Netflix, Peacock. Somebody will get exclusive deals when it comes to streaming. So when it comes to all of that, how do you spread your games out? I will be fascinated by, and I think the NBA really should take a look at, let's reduce our regular season, let's go from 82 to 66, let's not play a ton of back-to-backs, Let's take the regular season from December 1st to about early May. What that will do is it will pretty much eliminate most of the big chunk of the NFL season. You will eliminate the first 12 weeks of the NFL season. That's when your training camp and your preseason can take place. Therefore, your first couple weeks of the regular season where it really doesn't matter anyway, uh, you can sort of weather the storm of the NFL season. Then you can get about, you know, give or take, they play three to four games a week. There's, you know, there's 12 games in, in December, let's say. Let's say there's 12 games in January, so that's 24 out of 66. So you're already about a third of there. You play about two weeks in February, so that's about 30 out of 66 games. You are close to the halfway point. By the time we get to All-Star Weekend, which you could push back theoretically a week or two, you can get it right at the halfway point of the season in late February. Combine that then with late February, early March, that's your trade deadline. And then from March through May, you get NBA and you get all NFL offseason. Where free agency is a thing, yes. The draft is a thing, yes. But it's obviously not as big in season. It's big for a ton of the NFL people that follow it year round, but there are obviously a ton of NFL casuals that just watch their games on Sundays. Then your postseason is completely after the NFL draft and schedule release is over. From May till you know, basically the middle of July, you are not competing with the NFL at all. You are competing with Major League Baseball, who even with, with their new rule changes that may have brought fan attendance up a little bit and ratings up a little bit, Major League Baseball, it's so hard to watch 162 games, and they don't market their stars. And, you know, you have an advantage right now where the Rockies are terrible in baseball. You, you know, Nuggets are obviously really good in basketball. For example, so if your NBA team is way better than that baseball team, you're going to get all eyes on your NBA product from May until July. And then your offseason can basically be the draft right before the NFL season starts. So you are not really in competition with the NFL, at least not as much as you are currently. And the bottom line is it may seem like the NBA is running away from the NFL, but you're not going to compete with the NFL. The NFL can put a Christmas Day game on Wednesday this year, and I know it's going to be a Wednesday, it's going to be weird, but they will once again kick the shit out of the NBA. Uh, and so, if I'm the NBA, um, that's what I would do. I think this league needs a lot of changes. I think the superstars of this league are very young. I think a lot of them still lack the killer instinct that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant LeBron James out. I think a lot of them sometimes just lack the awareness of being, you know, the face of the league, the face of a team, etc. And they just want to go out there and ball and have fun. And a lot of them that you guys all think are number ones, I think are really number twos. Uh, which is why when it comes to the postseason, 
There's more intensity. The mid-range matters. Defense matters. And that's why young teams and teams that did not get the calls in the regular season really struggle in the postseason. And I believe we're going to see it again this year. So the NBA regular season doesn't matter as nearly much as it did anymore. The All-Star game clearly doesn't matter anymore. The NBA is wondering why it's slowly losing popularity to the NFL. Three-pointers and dunks is the reason why. I think the NBA needs to completely redo their schedule. I think they need to completely redo their their All-Star weekend. Incentivize their stars to actually be competitive in these games. And it will also out-market them. Because as more young kids are coming in, into the league, I think the NBA has done a lesser job as they have in the past marketing their stars. Which is obviously what the league runs on. So with that, thank you for listening to my monologue. This has been Brandon's World on February 20th, 2024. My social media links are in the description below. We are in collaboration with Voltage Live. When I come back on Thursday, I'll be giving you my Elimination Chamber 2024 breakdown. And with that, I hope you all have a wonderful day.